So when we launched FitFan Finder, it went through a whole testing. It went on the App Store. And as soon as it went live, there were so many bugs within that thing. And there still are, like we're still working through it all now and it's a consistent update. And I was so embarrassed because like, it's still something that people connect to me. And you wanna showcase a high standard and um, there just wasn't anything that we could do but work through these updates. So this was a really extreme experience. What is up beautiful people? I am Lachlan Samuel and this is the Open Up Podcast, the show that is making mental health mainstream. The way we do that is we interview people about the deepest, darkest, most traumatic and challenging moments and periods of their life. We go over what they went through, how they overcome it, any tips, tools and tactics that they use to do so, any lessons that they've taken away from that period in their life and then where they're at now, how they've turned that pain into purpose. All I can say is that I'm just truly, truly grateful. And I absolutely believe that together, me and you, and the sharing of these stories, we will make mental health mainstream. Let's go. Welcome back to the Open Up Podcast and to episode 112 with Brendo, founder of Perth FitFam and now FitFam Finder. Bro, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. You know that 112 is my lucky number? What? Yeah. How is that How is that a thing? Nah, it isn't. I just thought it'd be a good starting point. <laughs> <laughs> no, one has a, no one has the lucky number 112. I was, when you were like, it's episode number, I was like, oh, I hope this is going to be like a real lucky number. And I'm like, oh, no, nah, I'm just 112. But anyway, it's my favorite one today. Uh, first question straight off the bat. Could you describe the way you view yourself as a man and or human? Oh, that's so deep. Um, I think that there's different layers to me. Some of them that some people see and some of them that they don't. Um, And so in most cases, I would probably say that uh, I'm upbeat or I'm positive or I'm funny. And that's probably, or I think I'm funny. Yep. Yeah, that could be subjective. I'm sure there's some people that don't think I'm funny. Um, Hashtag triggered. Yeah. And so I like to... um, uh, I like to push out positive vibes, um, but then there's things that people don't see. And so, for instance, I flew in last night from the Oz CrossFit Champs where I spend the weekend helping the athletes out the back, and I'm just being me, right? Just Brendo, just making people, again, hopefully laugh and have a good time and take their mind off the competition and just trying to make people feel good. But a lot of people might pigeonhole me or put me in a box that that's just who I am. But they don't understand that I was up at 4.30 that morning. I'm going through analytics. I'm, you know, uh, I'm reading articles or going through business proposals um, that there's a whole back end of this Brendo thing that people don't see. And um, uh, I, yeah, I would say that there is a, a left brain and there's a right brain to me. And I think right brain is the more creative sort of one, like the when the other one's the more analytical one. I think that people probably see more of the right brain, but less of the left brain. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Is that a good answer? Yeah. That's good enough. That's, that's good <laughs> reflection for you as well. Yeah. I think now as well. Um, Josh Porter put out a poll recently, and I thought it was really cool because we all know Josh Porter, and again, the, the, the parts that we see or that people see especially if you're not close friends with him 
He put out a poll on Instagram which said, what do you think I would be doing if I was, or what, what would you think I'd be good at if I didn't do Jay Porter? Because that's what we all know him as. And I thought that was really cool. And he got some really cool insights into that. And they were all quite similar, like, you know, motivational, helping people with culture and stripper. Um, it was pretty much one or the other. And obviously, you know, one was a joke, but there's probably truth to that too. And then um, the other one was, it was very clear cut. And I thought that was really cool. And out of my own interest, I thought I'll put a poll out um, just to see what people think. And most of the answers I got back, which is really humorous. And I think that's partly because that's what I present out. And uh, I'm very happy to troll myself and make a bit of a joke um, at my own expense, um, except that's the part that people see. They don't see the behind the scenes part. So, you know, with Fit Fan Finder, which I'm sure that we'll talk about, they don't see what goes into that or uh, the left brain behind that, the ability to uh, see an opportunity in the market, to be able to raise funds, build a team, get something developed out, um, build a strong board of advisors around you. You've seen it because we went through a pre-accelerator together when there's the startup community. So I think that there's a side of me that people don't see. That's cool. I love that. And I've never really thought of that before because I just see you as Brenda. I know you, so I know what it is that you go through, but I never really thought of it through the lens of someone who consumes your content yes. and just seeing that version of you. Yeah. So, that, so there's, a, there's a pretty cool perspective shift for me. Um, on the last episode, and I think you were like one of the first 10. I was, yeah. I was in the early days, yep. Yeah, and I forgot to turn the mic on. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry. I had those issues recently. So we had a little puppy, and um, like for those that you know know me through Perfect Fam or the Perfect Fam podcast, and um, our puppy ate through one of our headsets. Oh my God. Yeah, so I, I use, so we're using um, lavalier mics now. So I used two lavalier, because I had four guests on, so I used two lavalier mics. One of them had to pass it, and then I used the headset mic, but I was rebounding off one of the lavalier mics. So even if I, if, when I put it in sync, um, it was out of sync and it was so frustrating because you have this really good interview and this really good discussion and then you publish it and then you as the publisher, you're like, oh man, this is gonna suck. So yeah, I feel your pain, I had that recently. So that's probably something I need to ask you about because I remember when I put that episode up, I was so deep in shame and so embarrassed about not turning that on, especially with you who had a platform, that at the start of that episode, I was like, sorry guys, I fucked up. I didn't turn the mic on the audio is shit, and you message me, and you're like, bro, it just sounds like it's recorded on an iPhone, like, it's all good. Yeah. And it took me a while to get over that. How do you, as someone who has a platform and an influence, uh, you know quite a few people are consuming your content, how do you work through that, or have you had to work through it? Yeah, sure, so first of all, no one cares as much as you, and people don't notice it as much as what you notice it, so that's the first thing. Um, and you can't get caught up in something that has happened. You just have to learn your lesson and be able to move forward and things are never gonna be perfect. Um, and so, you know, it, you want it to be the best at all times, but sometimes something's just gonna come up and you just don't have to dwell on it. If it's a lesson to be learned, then you just fix it for next time. Um, but other than that, like you just gotta do the best that you can. Um, it's like the, uh, like the restaurant in the kitchen, you know, analogy is uh, people don't see what happens in the kitchen where it's just absolute chaotic. They just see the nice presented front of the restaurant. So there's always still so much going, going on behind the scenes. Again, like I've learned so much about technology 
in the past three months and um, building an app and dealing with apps is like really fucking hard, hey? So I thought when this whole concept come out, cause like I'm, I'm competent to be able to build websites and do all that sort of stuff. And um, in my mind, I was like, oh cool, cool. We're gonna have a script. We're gonna have some developers. We're gonna put this thing together and then it goes live and it's all sweet. So if you do a WordPress site or a Squarepace, Squarespace site or something like that, that's pretty much how it works. You build it up, it's got hosting, you put it out. And it's pretty sweet. Apps are completely different, man. It's literally like there's so many bugs and issues and potential for things to just go wrong when they really shouldn't. And you do an update almost every few days. So when we launched Fifan Finder, it went through a whole testing. It went on the App Store. And as soon as it went live, there were so many bugs within that thing. And there still are, like we're still working through it all now and it's a consistent update. And I was so embarrassed because like it's still something that people connect to me and you want to showcase a high standard and um, there just wasn't anything that we could do but work through these updates. So this was a real extreme experience of what you felt like with that recording or what I've felt like with my dog getting the cable and needing to wing it Um, because people are on this thing and you want to leave such a great first impression. And I actually went through competitors apps. So the big ones like, you know, your, your Hinge, your Bumbles, these sort of things. And I realized, oh, they still have bug issues and they still have to update, you know, daily. And I didn't feel so bad about it. And I learned, oh, this is just going to be a consistent part of the process. And you just need to identify the issues, the critical issues first, fix those and just get better at it. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty big thing for me. <laughs> That's uh, two questions from that. You, you spoke about just needing to move forward and not dwelling. Where does that come from for you? Was that something you had to work on, you were raised with? Uh, no, definitely not raised with. Um, it was a skill that I think I've developed over the probably the past, um, let's say, four to six years, especially with PerfitFam. I mean, you've seen some of the content that I've done. And again, it comes back to I'm okay with trolling myself. And Tim Ferriss speaks about it uh, either in one of his books or his um, uh, podcast or it was kind of like bulletproofing trolls. And if you're able to, you know, um, have fun at your own expense and you, you've kind of disarmed people, the ability to be able to troll you, because I guarantee anyone who tries to troll me, I've already trolled myself like way harder than what they possibly could. So it's like, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. It's almost like untrollable. Um so I think that I've just built a thick skin. Also, when you shoot a video and you're wearing stilettos and tights and you're doing pole dancing, you know at the time, oh man, this is embarrassing. Or you're at the front of a female-only twerk shop and there's 300 females and you, or last minute step on a bodybuilding stage and chuck on a tan and you're completely not in condition and you're in front of 400 people, you get a pretty thick skin pretty quickly. And so nothing really bothers you. Um, and you just got to know. Uh, so for me, like FitFair Finder at the moment, again, going back to the bugs and stuff, I know that's where things are at now. And it's at startup and valid. Well, it was at validation phase, but it's at investment phase. And I know that um, this is all, you know, early days sort of stuff that is going to help us get to a position that we need to be in to, um, to, to live out the vision that we have for it and we're going to look back in three months in three years and just go oh that was so funny like that was that was such a funny thing but that helped us get to where we are you were right telling us what the vision is i yeah so we um 
we found through our customer discovery there was a massive need for, uh, well, fitness people want to date fitness people. And the experience that they have through accommodating apps was a major issue. Um, so right now, uh, the vision or the mission for us is to reach Australia when uh, we have a certain target of users in mind. Um, but we really want to take this thing uh, globally and we have the networks and the connections to be able to do that. And it's just small steps to be able to do it. So yeah, a lot of things have come to fruition at the moment just through like third degree networks, one degree networks. And it just goes back to being in, around for 17 years and the initial thing like just trying to make people feel good and like just being a positive influence on people and so doors open that way that's awesome man yeah have you taken time to acknowledge yourself and your effort um yeah i think i think that i always do i i think that when I turned 30, and I explained this on the previous podcast as well, when I turned 30, it was a really life-changing point for me. Um, and if people want to listen to my previous life, you know, in my mid to, you know, mid-20s and whatnot, please go back to the podcast or put a link to it and they can hear it then. It's not something I talk about so much now, um, except there were so many different directions I could have taken at 30 years old. And on that birthday, I flew with my family who, I, who live on the other side of the country. I haven't lived with them for, I think, 15 years. And we all went to Fiji for two weeks. And within that time, I got to unplug and I just got time to like reflect on who I was, where I was going, you know, my values. And it was like almost overnight. I just had like a critical self-awareness and I knew, um, I knew all those things, who I was, you know, where I wanted to go, the impact I wanted to make. And it's been very, uh, I don't get rocked too often. I'm very confident with who I am. Um, so as far as like reflecting, for me to go do something like I did on the weekend where I get to go to the, I was CrossFit champs, I get to you know hang out with the athletes that become friends and you get to be a positive impact on them and you get to make them feel good. Like for me, that's the validation. You know, when someone smiles, when someone laughs, when you know that someone walks away and they're going to think of you in a positive way and I know that, like that's the reflection for me. That's awesome, man. That's powerful. And I ask that because obviously I have a, I've had a problem and still have a problem acknowledging myself and my effort. Um, even to the point where I can't say happy birthday to people because it makes me uncomfortable. Why? And that's big. That's because I think I've never given myself permission to celebrate my birthday um, because I grew up in a household where you love yourself was a bad thing. Yeah. So it's like if you showed any amount of ego or confidence, you were a dick, essentially. Confidence and arrogance are very different things. Yeah, so. Exactly. And if you showed any hint or any sign of yeah, I'm doing really well, then you're gonna be shut down and told that you love yourself. And so I used to go through, I went through most of my life watching American TV shows and when they'd clap for themselves, I'd get fucked off. I'd get so pissed off. I'm like, why are you clapping for yourself? Are you serious? What shows? Can I ask? Cause I gotta go YouTube this. Hmm. You mean like an Australian Idol or something or a Grammys and they get- Yeah, or like any, 
any game show, any okay. American game show. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think America has a very different culture where they don't have, we grew up in like a very tall poppy sort of syndrome. Um, and this is hard because, you know, I'm like as Aussie as it gets. And so it's hard to kind of take like a bird's eye view of your own culture um, because I don't see that. Um, except within American culture, I, I believe that they, uh, they celebrate success a lot more. So that wouldn't be a common, you know, a common sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's cool to hear that you've transitioned or made that transition and now you're doing something that you love that's going to make a huge impact that will have a global audience. It's cool. You know what? Like, I like to see people get successful. Hey, like, um, I just want to see people do well whether they're, you know, competition or whatever you want to call it, it has no real impact on me from a negative standpoint. And I just genuinely am happy to see people do well. Um, as far as what I think people think about me doing that sort of stuff, it's not really a bother for me. Um, I'm just happy to play my race and stay focused on what I do. And um, some people are going to like that. Some people aren't going to like that. Some people are going to want to see a trip, like for sure. But I don't understand that concept. You know what I mean? I'm just happy to do my thing. That's cool. And I think I find FitFam Finder interesting on a deeper level as well because of the work you're going to be doing with software engineers and like with my obsession with Elon Musk and what he's done. Uh, I obsess over the way that software engineers approach problems and therefore that mindset that they cultivate mm -hmm. and this is a problem I'm going to solve it I can't solve it this way I'm going to figure out how to instead of being I fucking suck <laughs> I yeah. fucking suck at yes. software engineering yeah yeah it's been really cool to work with um you know the co-founders behind it one of them being a computer scientist oh, and wow. an engineer that's you know that's what he does and a coder himself um, and he's a way that he approaches problems and, um, you know, uh, problems or issues uh, that need to be fixed and our workflow to be able to do that. It's very detailed, but it's very, they're, they're very efficient people. Yeah, cool. So, um, uh, for those who know me through Perfect Fam and, um, you know, what that was in the audience that that is, I'm quite engaged with the audience. Again, going back to like having fun and having that sort of personal contact. And I'd often do uh, Q&As on Instagram. And because Shell, my partner, who's been on the podcast recently as well, um, uh, because, you know, we're together and she was from the fitness industry. And I'd always get hit up with questions like, what's your suggestion for meeting other fit singles not on Tinder or Bumble? You know, going back to the poor experiences that people, that fitness people have on those platforms, you know, in that hookup sort of culture. And I never thought much about it. I just thought they were kind of funny questions and I probably gave funny answers. And it wasn't until I got a really specific one where it was uh, a girl who said, I need a date for a late Christmas in July work party. Can you help me out? And I thought, yeah, I know the guy. So I tagged her in, I tagged him in. I'm like, you know, you guys go meet, let me know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that was the reaction I was hoping to get. And um, uh, the, th the post had like, you know, really quickly, like 2000 click throughs on the profiles. Um, and I just had people hit me up going, this is so awesome. You know, can you help me out? And again, me finding the humor in things, I'm just looking at my insights in hysterics about how into it people were. But then also the business side of me was like, oh, this is a genuine problem. Like, you know, fitness people actually have an issue. And so straight away in the back of my mind, like I knew that, you know, that there was a potential problem that we could solve. 
and you know a dating app for fitness singles could possibly be that but before i jumped the gun i was like okay i'm gonna test this just to see if this is like luck so i started if we were to call it a minimum viable product started doing fit fan finder fridays where i'd get permission to share someone's profile i'd have a little bit of a bio and the the flame swipe right feature and so you could like kind of swipe right on it and i'll be <laughs> and i was like okay so they've given us permission uh no creeps no hookups no dick pics absolutely no dick pics and that was the rules and I thought people might abuse that, but they didn't. They were really, really good with it and people were into it. And then every Friday, people were asking for a shout out and it actually worked. People were getting matches. And so whilst this process was going on, because it was probably a few weeks, I started um, looking at different ways I could develop the app. So looking at how we could outsource um, the development of it um, and test it with, again, like I guess a minimum viable product, but another level up. So we actually had a piece of software to do it. And at that stage, Shell and I already had enough on, you know, um, between, uh, you know, uh, Perfit Fam and the social media courses that we do that really took off. But I said to her, hey, I think this is actually an opportunity and I need to pursue it. Um, so we had a couple of non-negotiables. Number one, I could only work on it when she wasn't at home. So Shell trains in the morning. And so I would wake up at around 3.30 a.m., and I'd start working, you know, on my laptop straight away. She'd go to the gym, and then she'd come back at eight, and that's when I'd shut down Fit Fan Finder and um, uh, get get my day's work done before she got home. And then I also said to her, um, "I'll only do this if it gets funded." And so we launched a Kickstarter because one of my one of my like you know startup entrepreneurial sort of goals was how cool would it be to launch like a crowdfunded you know business and then be able to scale that. So I put it on Kickstarter. We had so much inquiry initially. And when I put it on Kickstarter, it like bombed. Like it probably reached maybe uh, $600 in total. And it was about a $4,000 goal. And I set that like quite low um, just for uh, the higher chances of being funded. And uh, just before I launched the Kickstarter, as I did it, I got a message from someone, which I didn't think too much about. And this is, you know, going back to the, um, the sound, uh, the sound issues with the podcast and thinking about things. And, um, she said, Hey, this is so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Most people wouldn't have the guts to put themselves out there like this. And I never thought it wouldn't get funded. I was so confident. And then as soon as I got that message and she didn't mean it to do this, but I was like, oh shit, yeah, this might not get funded. And then how does that make me look? And it was the first little bit of fear that I had. And then I was like, but again, going back to no one really cares about you. Then, you know, they care about themselves and people wouldn't think about it too much and, you know, just went along with it. But what's funny from that Kickstarter, although that was, I guess, a failure, we could call it, I actually got probably about 10 early investment inquiries from it, just from the concept alone. Yeah. So if anything, that's how it eventually got funded from me having the guts to put this Kickstarter out that could potentially could have failed. So the initial seed fund came from now one of the co-founders who is this awesome guy that I trained with and we just built a relationship and I just knew he was such a great guy and um, he comes from a, a construction or a project management sort of background. So I didn't really see the connection between him initially investing and the benefit to the business outside of the funds. 
until one day he came into the gym and he's like, yeah, I've developed an app myself and he pulled out test flight and he showed me the product and um, it was like a, a betting app. And so straight away, I'm like, oh, this guy actually has experience within this field. And so it started to make a bit more sense from being someone who I knew personally, who I got along with outside of business. And, um, you know, we had that experience together because um, I'd never go into business with someone cold. It's a big thing. Um, you'd need to go through a big dating dating process beforehand. And so you could vet each other out and understand each other more. But then to know that he had experience as well, that was a really big tick. So the conversation got more serious and that was the initial seed fund. And then um, you and I crossed paths in another world again, which was through the Space Cubed um, uh, pre-accelerator community. So for those who don't know, an accelerator is a process within a startup's life where you take a product from concept um, to a problem solution fit, and then you launch it with the hopes to get in a bigger round of investment and scaling it. So they do that here in Perth. So you and I both went through a pre-accelerator at Space Cube together. And the reason was I wanted to be surrounded by a network of people within that startup community and I wanted to make sure that I launched it correctly. So we went through that and it, and we just kept on getting, like Fit Fan Finders and that, just kept on getting more and more positive validation as we went through and you know, we were building a database, we were consistently interviewing like probably close to 100 fit single people. Um, so we learned a lot about dating and a lot about what life's like for a fitness single person. And those meetings ended up becoming essentially the same meeting with the issues that, that we found. And um, as we got towards the end of the pre-accelerator, it was really, uh, it was identified strongly that if we were gonna take this seriously, we needed a tech-based co-founder. And I was just having a conversation like this, minus the cameras and the mics. I was having a conversation like this um, in the gym and there was a group of people there. And um, after I went home, I got a message from who's now one, the third co-founder um, who we spoke about, the engineer. And um, he just said, hey, it was the wrong time for me to speak about it, but I'm actually a computer scientist and coder. You know, I've coded my own you know, startup uh, from the ground up over two years and uh, we're in the oil and gas industry. We do international trade. And um, I, if you guys do need help and only if you need it, let me know and I'll catch up. Um, but it's only if you guys need it. And um, it's funny because I wrote a list of characteristics of what I wanted that third co-founder to be because I'm quite extrovert and the second co-founder is quite extrovert. And um, I knew that we needed like an introvert to be able to balance the team out. And this guy was like all of those characteristics. It was like a jackpot. And so he ended up coming on board and we ended up uh, trialing, I guess, you know, dating, I guess, to see how we all work together. And it was just perfect. And that's kind of like what launched us into what we have now. So it launched out, we, within six hours, we hit our three month traction goal. We crashed the Amazon server. We ranked 64 on the app store. And then within 36 hours, we hit our 12 month traction goal as well. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty crazy journey. And the app came out riddled with bugs. <laughs> so swings and roundabouts. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. What, what was the initial feedback or response like from the people closest to you? Uh, at what point? When you're talking about this idea, when you're talking about validating that it's actually a problem that people want solved, through something like FitFam Finder, because I know a lot of people, they will, 
like you said, living in a tall poppy syndrome society, yeah. they will scare themselves out of doing something like that because of what the people around them say. Yeah, um, I didn't get anything negative um, like directly to me from anyone that I was close to, only positive. Um, but my feedback, uh, again, I say focused on what I'm doing. Um, and again, I'm sure that there's, you know, hundreds of people out there who's like, oh, Brendo, what's he doing? Is this another troll? Or like, oh, this is, you know, never gonna work or whatever. I'm sure that there was, I'm sure there was plenty of that. Or I'm sure there was plenty of people saying, oh, I just hope this bombs. 100%, I'm sure that that happened. That was not within my circle. Do you know what I cared about? I cared about what the users or potential early adopters were saying. And I cared about their feedback, everything else. Like it didn't, it, it didn't come to me. Let's put it that way. If you're someone who just focuses on what you're doing, means you have a little, well, you have an abundance of confidence within yourself and your ability to make something happen. Where does that come from? Um, I think just that thick skin and I think it's just that self-awareness. So just my journey, going back the four years, putting yourself in that situation, having the confidence to troll yourself and still knowing who you are amongst all of that, I think that's where it comes from. You know what I mean? You can't have fear of what someone's gonna think of you and you can't let that hamper you from doing something that you potentially wanna do. There's always gonna be haters, you know, especially yourself um, as well. But I think it's just a characteristic that I've developed over years and I probably forget that maybe, maybe some people don't have that. Um, and I probably assume that everyone has that same sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Shell's sitting right there, so you have to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm stopping myself from actually getting her to help me answer questions as well. <laughs> Just the thumbs up. Yep, yeah. you're okay to say that. Yeah, I was, I, was gonna, I was gonna go around and go, hey, where did I get that from? <laughs> and I'm like here talking about self-awareness. <laughs> um, just because I met a few people who are trying to do things to help others, and their partners are just really negative or toxic towards them in regards to their ability to achieve something. What what was the relationship? What, what is the relationship between you and Shell? And uh, does that help what you want to do or achieve? Massive. So, and if she wasn't here, I would still say the same thing. So we have very complementary like habits and skill sets and lifestyles. So Shelly's very. Um, organized, she's very clean, she's um, uh, very analytical. Whereas if I didn't have her, then it would be just organized chaos, is what I call it. And so when we um, started dating and she helped provide that missing link or balance to me and my lifestyle. And um, uh, if I was the train, she would be the tracks. Cute as fuck. You like that? <laughs> that's the that's you realize that's the promo clip, right? <laughs> yeah, um, that's like the, there you go. That's the Fit Fan Finder promo clip, right? That we're gonna get the license to use that. No, hundred percent. That would that would be it. Um, and so we're very lucky that we have complementary skills, and it's only because I have a partner that has complementary skills that it's able to keep me on the tracks and project me to where I need to be. You've, she's never doubted anything that I've done. She's always had like a super amount of confidence and belief that um, although she may not understand why I do something at that point in time, she trusts me enough that there's a reason behind it. 
That's cool. Yeah, and even like Shell, so um, she was never really an entrepreneurial person and it's something that she's had to grow into. So um, I think that those those comp- those complementary skill sets or just natural traits that we have, I think that those sort of rub off on each other as well. And it's just helped us both become better people. Yeah, and I think for me and my relationship and my partner being that provider for us or playing that provider role, it's been really, really helpful to watch you two in that relationship and that, that dynamic and the trust that Shell has for you, the confidence you have in yourself and then what that's allowed you both to do with Perth Fit Fam and Perth Fit Finder. So yes. thank you for that. Oh, can I just, it's Fit Fam Finder. Did I say Perth Fit Fam Finder? Yeah, and I always got to pull people up. <laughs> because it's not a Perth-based app and I don't want people to think that it's just Perth. Okay. Yeah, I'll limit myself down. <laughs> Woosa. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about the transition or giving yourself permission to shift attention and energy away from Perth Fit Fam, which was doing really well, uh, as well as the social media courses that you had to something a little bit different with FitFam Finder? Yeah, so um, that's a really interesting one and a really timely question. Um, Perfect Fam has served me really well and it's something that I was real passionate about and it's this, you're like looking around like, are we about to get drop bombs? <laughs> it served me really well and it opened me up to be able to do so many things and it was something that I was so passionate about as well. Um, when I started that, I didn't have an end game in mind. It was just, you know, I'm 17 years in the industry now. So let's say 13, 14 years in back then. And I just wanted a cool way to be able to showcase what was happening within the Perth fitness scene. And it definitely fulfilled that for sure. Um, when people from over east come over here or when they hear about it, they're like, oh man, the Perth fitness industry just seems so much more connected and people, you know, intermingle a lot more. And I believe that Perfit Fam had a lot to do with that as far as like how the industry scene and how it's connecting. There's still so much more that uh, I wanted or wanted to do within that. But then my life's changed and I've changed as well. And then this is where you've got to make hard decisions too. Um, so I've almost like, I've become Perfit Fam, essentially like the face of it, the brand of it, um, without a doubt. And that platform has definitely become more my platform um, than what it was initially created for. Um, being an, a real entrepreneurial minded sort of person, I'd, I'd like to do many things at once, or if I see an idea, I want to pursue it. And although that's okay, it's also detrimental as well. And when you start talking about co-founders and thousands of users, you know, hundreds of thousands of users and uh, investors, then how much energy can you divert away from the core goal? So uh, the social media courses did extremely well for us within Perfect Fam. It's something that I never envisioned the company doing, but last year we got a lot of coaching uh, and, that, and part of our coaching was like, well, what does your audience want from you? Like, you know, what's the one thing that they want? And you're actually the key trigger of this as well. And it was, whenever I go to an event, whenever I do a presentation and speak, I'll always open up for Q and A's at the end. And 100% of the time, without fail, whenever I say, okay, does anyone have any questions? 100% of the time, the question is, um, what's your advice for social media? So 
the coaches through our courses also said, um, what's the one thing people always ask you or what's the one thing people just want to pay you for? And you were actually the first one-on-one client that came to me. I never advertised it. You just sent me a message and said, hey, can you teach me social media? And I was like, sure. And so we caught up and that's actually how this all got kicked yeah. off as well. Yeah, so how Open Up got kicked off. And you were my first one-on-one client who's someone who approached me, even though I never put it out there. And I had many of those over the time, people just saying, or businesses saying and asking me to come in. And it's something that I never put out there. So last year, reluctantly, because I never wanted to be that social media dude, um, reluctantly I said, okay, cool, we'll start offering these courses. And we tested it and we went through the course and um, the first product that we launched, there was 96 people going through this course that we were going through at the time. And we ended up um, uh, selling more courses than 96 other people that were on this course. So again, going back to business validation, and I was like, oh, people actually wanna, you know, wanna learn this. So we developed them out and, um, uh, same thing as what you do with the startup. We had a minimum viable product and then we got validation and then we developed that out. And now that we see the results that people get, and for me, that's amazing because specifically, you know, business owners, um, I, I found that 85% of them had a great product, love what they did, just didn't know how to market on social media. And we help provide a solution to that. And the value they get out of it is insane. Like it's life-changing for them and it's life-changing for the people that discover their businesses that would never have done fitness if it wasn't for these businesses knowing how to market. So for me, that provides more value to the community. So again, going back to having social media, having PerfitFam, having FitFam Finder, having a new puppy, being married, you know, babies will come, potentially one day, yeah, yeah. Uh, a baby, a baby. Sorry, I stand corrected. We can have one baby. Um, something's got to break, and uh, although I love it so much, um, sometimes you've got to make a hard decision and not cut your losses, but focus on uh, focus on where your future lies. That's cool. Yeah. It's so. In other words, so people are like, what's he talking about? You're gonna see an evolution to perfect fair. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. Excited to see what happens with the journey with FitFam Finder as well. Yeah, I think that's key. I think that's that's going to create exciting things and opportunities. And what's happening behind the scenes, this stuff will start to come out. Um, and it's been an uncanny experience. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You mentioned that while you're doing the stuff on Instagram, playing Cupid, uh, it was strictly no dick pics. Yeah. FitFam Finder, dick pics allowed? Uh, there's no, there's no inter-message pictures. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can't throw, you can't send pictures right. into message And this is like, this is something that, going through bugs of an app is one thing, cultivating the right culture is another thing. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of uh, things that we need to develop in the front end. But the big thing for us is the messaging and the branding, and this is going to be refined and improved over time because we want people that are actually interested in long-lasting compatible relationships. I mean, that's why we're separating it from the other apps. And so our biggest experience now is going to be, okay, well, how do we create a culture where that's the experience? You know what I mean? So the, the villain if we call it of the industry would be Tinder, where it's when you think Tinder, the first thing you think of is like hookups, right? 
Um, Bumble is more reputable where that's women first, but it still has a bit of a negative connotation. Hinge has created a completely different um, vibe where it's more respectable um, and uh, designed to be deleted is their tagline, which is great. They create an app which is designed to be deleted and essentially we're in the same field, but we're helping people establish healthy relationships. So we wanna make sure that the branding, that the messaging that we put out in the community that we develop, um, and this will, uh, will be very cautious in how we do this moving forward so we can make sure that we create a healthy environment, especially when you're in scale and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, where that's not the vibe that people come for. They genuinely wanna to come to meet other fit and healthy single people and hopefully one day find someone who's compatible for you. And so you get to experience what I get to experience. So cute. It was. Couple wrap up questions. Uh, knowing everything that you've been through, and obviously if you wanna hear the whole journey, then go back to Brendo's first episode. Yep. But knowing what you've been through since then, up until this point where now Fan Finder is about to take off. What would you say the quality of your life is like now? Um, I think it's really good, again, going back to self-awareness and at most times having balance. Um, so you mean from that interview or from being 25? No, from, from the interview. From, from the interview. Um, I've become a lot more knowledgeable and confident in that side of my skills like a hundred percent that's been a key part of it um i would say a skill set would be probably my biggest thing and really stepping into that entrepreneur shoe or wearing that entrepreneur hat i think is key um i think the way that i speak to people as well and as that having confidence with who you are i think um uh, that's become a very strong point for me as well and understanding like your value in your place uh, and what you give people as well. Um, one key thing which I said in that podcast though, um, and again, people can go back to listen to it and hear about my hectic paths and you know the things that I traveled through where it's more of a mental health sort of podcast. Um, but back in that podcast, I said that um, uh, I would drink in moderation. So I don't drink at all and People can delve into that. But one thing that I found was um, whenever I tried to, uh, it was just not for me as far as, in the way that I explain it is if I were to get a bottle of wine and with the intention of having one glass, I would drink the whole bottle, 100%, like every time. And it shows a lack of control over something and that would probably create uh, like a bit of shame and guilt, which is similar to like my past. And one day I just decided, hey, that makes me a less best person. Some people can do that. I'm just not one of those people. And so I choose to completely remove that from my life uh, coming up to two years ago. And almost that within itself has been, cause like you gotta become a better person to be a, whether it's a better dad, a better athlete, a better entrepreneur, just to be a better version of yourself, you need to become better. And that for me was a big chink in my armor as a person and removing that and then removing all of those things that it puts in your mind, like the guilt, the shame, the, the, that little subconscious thing in the back of your mind that you're, you're, not, you're not 100% and I like to be 100%. So that also would be one of the biggest changes in just becoming a better version of myself. That's awesome. Any other tools or modalities that you've used in that period to 
get you to this point where you have this solid solution based confident mindset? Um, from a business standpoint, I think it's just um, just skills and going through it so many different times and developing those skills. From a confidence mindset, I think that's just developed more so. Like you just, just tr shut out negative stuff. Um, if, you, if you are going through, you know, uh, I was always a prone person for depression. If I feel that, I just speak about it with Shell really quick. Um, uh, if, I, if I feel like I'm not 100%, then I'm just open about it, you know, open up, and I'm good at identifying that. Um, yeah, I think like from a skill set, just like, I want to say something which is going to... I think that comes down to trust as well, trusting your partner, trusting that they'll they'll accept what you say and not judge you and make you feel even worse. Yeah, and Shell's like really good at that. You know what? Um, I'm going to quote, I don't, did you use this quote in your, your podcast? <laughs> Otherwise, um, yeah, so one thing that I said to Shell when, um, uh, one thing I discovered for myself, because we all have this like vision of where we want to be. I, I actually, actually, to be honest, I actually don't, you know, I'm kind of like along this sort of journey and doors seem to open and cool stuff seems to happen. And so I'm not like, oh, I want to drive this car and I want to live here and I want to do that. Like none of that stuff cares about me. It's more like the internal stuff, like who I am as a person. And then the rest of it, the doors just sort of open and you kind of want a trajectory and you go down that path. Like I never thought, you know, 12 months ago, I was going to be, you know, uh, have a dating app. You know what I mean? It never crossed my mind. So if someone's like, I have this goal and I want to do this and it's so cemented in stone, um, I think that creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of unrealism for people. Um, so the thing that I say to Shell is whenever that like anxiety or you feel like you should be somewhere at a certain point in time, like, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I'll be like looking at Donald Trump, which is really funny to think of now you know, based on current climates and stuff. But I was looking at him and I'm like, man, he was 24 and he was doing this development and he was worth X amount of millions. And you'd compare yourself to these sort of people, which is completely unrealistic. And that's, um, I think Julian talks about this as well, yeah. about comparison is, uh, uh, you know, uh, the biggest uh, contributor to depression and self-worthlessness. So yeah, if people are thinking that way or they're looking at an influencer, especially in the fitness space, and they're like, I wanna be like that guy and they're not there and they don't have those hundreds of thousands or millions of followers, but they wanna be that. Um, uh, like you're, you, you are where you are, you, you're, you're where you're meant to be at that point in time. <laughs> Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think people get too caught up in who they want to be or being like someone else that they forget who they are. And then in trying to be that person, you start acting out of alignment, you're wearing a mask and you feel like a fraud. And that's where the self-loathing and self-hate comes in. Yeah. So thank you for that. What are you most grateful for right now? For being home. <laughs> nice. Yeah, flying in last night and like Shell coming to pick me up and me being able to see little Rich. He probably chucked on 500 grams within four days. And I got home and I was just like, oh man, like I missed those 500 grams. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I've just been home at the moment. I think that's been awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Well, to wrap up, man, just want to acknowledge you for making time for this. No, thank uh, you. But for most of all, just being an awesome human, awesome friend. I told you the other day that I sort of looked to you as a brother figure so like I really appreciate the role you've had in my life um, and then now the role you'll have in fitness singles lives yeah that's awesome thank you so much man appreciate being on absolute pleasure thank you man lovely awesome now time to get a haircut <laughs> <laughs>
Now, before I let you go, you beautiful, beautiful human, I just want to say I hope that you liked that episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please make sure that you share it with your friends, your family, anyone that you think or feel will benefit from listening to the story of vulnerability, the story of courage, the story of overcoming struggle. Now, if you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you already know that you sleep in my fridge, inside joke. And please, if you can, subscribe to us on YouTube or give us that five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever podcast, platform, or app that you use. It'll go a long, long way to helping us make mental health mainstream and getting these stories, these stories of courage, into the mainstream. Thank you all, guys. Ciao.